2: Good morning, everybody. Producer Tani here with a last minute addition to the show. After the music, Trey is going to bring on Wes Rucker to discuss Tennessee's insane recruiting hot streak. And in his intro, Trey says UT has recruited eight players in as many days to its 2021 class. Well, in the time between when Trey recorded his intro and outro and now, Tennessee signed another recruit and Trey lost power, probably because the Vols have sucked away all the energy in the Southeast, so he couldn't update his intro-outro and here I am. This ninth commit in eight days is Cody Brown, a four-star running back from Georgia. A two-sport athlete who excels at discus and shot put as well as football, Brown is physical and ready to compete in a crowded UT running backs room. Our national recruiting writer, Charles Power, says Brown, quote, projects as a power five starter with the upside to develop into an NFL draft pick. And now, on to the show.
0: Good morning. It's Monday, May 4th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott. The idea of momentum truly existing within an in-game scenario has been proven to be a dubious one, but on the recruiting trail, momentum is a very real thing. One commit becomes two, two becomes three, and all of a sudden Twitter is alive with falling domino gifs and who's next hashtags. Most schools experience a wave of momentum like this once a cycle, and it's a pretty intoxicating experience as a fan of recruiting. But the role the Tennessee Volunteers are on right now, it's a whole different level than what we usually see. Jeremy Pruitt's Vols are in Fuego last Sunday, April 26. Tennessee woke up with the number 17 class in 2021 for the 24/7 Sports Composite Team Recruiting Rankings. One week later, as I record this on the afternoon of May 3rd, the Vols are third in the country from 17 to three in one week. A whopping six commits later, six commits, eight days, six commits—that's insane. The snowball effect is so crazy that get this: I recorded on Friday with Govall's twenty-four-seven Sports's Wes Rucker to talk about Tennessee's hot streak. And I'm, I'm about to share that conversation with you. We waited till Friday. We we waited till the very end of the week because we didn't want to miss anybody because Tennessee was just going every every day, every commit, and so we we were record on Friday. I write the podcast on Sunday. I go to check out Tennessee's website on 247sports.com, and I see that 90 minutes earlier they had just added a three-star safety named Deshaun Rucker who had a Clemson pick in the 24-7 sports crystal ball. So the Vols had already added another one. I can't even keep up right now, and, and there will surely be more coming. The highlights of the class include two five-star defensive players, Terrence Lewis, five-star linebacker, Dylan Brooks, a five star defensive end out of the state of Alabama, was supposed to be trending to Auburn. Not so fast. Four star receiver Julian Nixon could play tight end at the next level. Four star safety Kamar Wilcoxon. Juco running back Tion Evans and then Rucker at the aforementioned Rucker, Deshaun Rucker, not West Rucker. And this is just a crazy good class. And Tennessee, because of this, has two coaches in the top 10 of the 24 7 sports national recruiter rankings Derek Ansley and T Martin. Ansley's the the defensive coordinator. He's number two overall. This race, the National Recruiter of the Year race, is one that Jeremy Pruitt knows well. He was the winner of this award in 2012 while he was at Alabama as the defensive backs coach. And the Vols under Pruitt have already brought that hardware home once before. In 2019, popular assistant coach Brian Niedermeyer was the national recruiter of the year per the 24-7 sports rankings. So Jeremy Pruitt's only been there three years now. This is his fourth recruiting cycle, and things are already going very, very well. And the way recruiting is going, number three class right now, with four-star quarterback Caden Salter set to decide between the Vols and others on Mother's Day, the number seven class last year in 2020 a 2019 class that ranked 13th but included two five-star offensive tackles and some immediate impact stars like linebacker Henry To'Oto and running back Eric Gray. And it's easy to envision a world in which Tennessee, to borrow a phrase of old coach Butch Jones, begins to build its way up the SEC East pecking order brick by brick. So let's bring in Wes Rucker to talk about all of that. And after my conversation with Wes, I'll run down some other notable recruiting happenings from the weekend. Stay tuned. All right, bringing in Wes Rucker. Wes, how's it going? We were talking before we started recording and you have been busy. You're not even the main recruiting guy for Go is 24-7, but it's been all hands on deck and, and all the fans on the website are, are getting pretty pumped up about a recruiting class that jumped from 17 to, to third in the team rankings
1: in a matter of like five days. Yeah, guys, I I, got to tell you, I don't think they I don't think our company does a a, like a quarantine national recruiting team of the year, but Tennessee's probably the clubhouse leader for that. I I don't I I don't know that I've ever seen a week quite like this one with five guys in five days and five guys that just about anybody would take.
0: Yeah, of those five guys, we've got two five stars, one of them, Dylan Brooks, who tennessee gets out of the state of alabama and he was supposed to be turning to auburn and that started it right so that that was the first commitment of the week uh, on a sunday and wes speak to the impact of that because it it seemed to be this this have a cascading effect where the good news just kept on coming
1: yeah you know it's interesting because on sunday that one kind of popped up and you know, that that's a kid who I think a lot of people assume you're talking about a five-star prospect, the number one prospect in Alabama. Normally, you can just go ahead and chalk that up to Alabama, you know, unless it's, unless it's in kind of right there around Auburn maybe. And then you think, okay, well, Auburn's going to be in there too. And both those schools were in there. But, it, you know, Bama signed all those great – Edge uh, dressing prospects last season and that opened things up right for for Tennessee and and this is a a, a small town Alabama kid Jeremy Pruitt's a small town Alabama kid from back in the day they understand each other very well they have a lot in common they hit it off in the recruiting process Tennessee got him and and then you're right i mean it's just sort of cascaded from from there to to the point where after they'd gotten a couple in a couple days the uh, one of their really good recruiters Jay Graham the running backs coach Puts out this kind of almost like subtweet saying, by the way, kids, uh, if you want a spot, you better take one now because this thing's filling up pretty fast. And then lo and behold, they get to the very next day, one from a five star and another from the number one Juco running back in the country, who's probably going to end up being a four star, high four star. And, and it's like, oh, uh maybe the kids are paying attention to that because they they've really, I don't know if they've coordinated this to get it just one per day for several days in a row. I know Butch Jones used to do that. and that's not really Jeremy Pruitt's MO, but if that's had that kind of effect on kids, I mean, hey, do what you got to do. It's they've kept people, you know, it, it's not just that they're adding good players to the program. It's that they're keeping people locked in and keeping people so jazzed up during this quarantine when we're all sitting around going, oh, there's no sports, there's no sports, there's no sports. Oh, Tennessee's giving us a commit every day now. This is sports. And, and yeah, I mean, they've just – the timing for this, no one wants to be in this situation, but it's, it's, like, it's like the timing couldn't be any better.
0: Yeah, it's 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 like this programmed marketing rollout where, like, once a day you have this special – and I, it's so crazy that in this run you've, you book in Dylan Brooks, a five-star with five-star Terrence Lewis – last thursday and and you'd mentioned the juco running back tyon evans who out of high school in south carolina was like one of the best high school running backs that state's ever seen wes what 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 do you can what do you chalk up to as the biggest as to having the biggest impact here on on this run or this class especially during the time of a quarantine where where nobody's on the road is it jeremy pruitt is it the assistant coaches and two of them are in the top 10 nationally in the recruiting rankings is it the culture they've built is it the 2019 season that you know started so poorly but ended up with with a bang?
1: I think it's probably got to be some combination of all those things. Normally, when you look at a and you know there, there's guys out there, you know Barton and Charles and, and Will Fong and all these other guys that they could probably give you the science of things like this better than I could. But but I'm just talking about it purely from Tennessee standpoint. I, I think that when you get into a situation like this quarantine and and people are stuck and people can't go anywhere. They're wondering, when's this all going to get better? I think in times like that, you really lean on relationships. You really lean on, okay, which of these coaches, which of these, who do I really just like to talk to? Who, Who do I trust? Who do I feel like has my back? And this is the class where Jeremy Pruitt and his staff, when they got to Tennessee three years ago, they knew they had to salvage the first class, right? Because uh, when they get there, they get. It's just the people forget when they got there. That was the first year of the early signing period. So not only are they walking into a total rebuild situation where they're trying to fix a program, put it back together, they're also getting there right when that that whole thing is going on of kids signing early, and so they're really salvaging that first class because Pruitt's finishing his time there at Alabama, helping them win the national title. They're trying to get things together where they're recruiting during the day and kind of coaching their team, you know, a little bit, you know, around that too. And so they had to salvage things the first year. The second year they were able to go out there and pull out that top 10 class. They were able to, you know, do a pretty good job. They They took the thing forward. But if you want to go out there and you want to compete with these teams at the top of the SEC, and we all know who those teams are, you really kind of have to start stacking top five, top 10 caliber classes year to year to year And this is a year where he was able to lay that groundwork a couple of years ago. He's got great relationships throughout the Southeast from his time as a high school coach and his time as a recruiter at Bama, Georgia, Florida State. And he went out and he really upgraded his staff in terms of the recruiters on that staff. I mean, they've got a guy who's rated as one of the top recruiters in the SEC right now, and he's their defensive coordinator. And normally you see position coaches that do that kind of stuff. So he's got, you know, I think that there's, there's three or four national recruiters of the year, former national recruiters of the year on this staff. And they really just know how to talk to kids. They know how to build relationships. And when you combine that with the fact that they've won six games in a row, you get kind of a perfect storm where Tennessee can almost kind of start acting like it's Tennessee again, which would, if it can do that, that changes the complexion of the SEC because Tennessee historically is a program that's up there with those guys. Yeah, things are really falling into place. You mentioned the 2020 class, top 10. That
0: finished number seven, and that was a total sneaky sneaky good class that we weren't expecting on National Signing Day to be the talk of signing day, and it ended up being that the year before, 2019, a class that ranked 13th, but you look at it, Wes, and two five-star offensive tackles. Henry Toto, Kovaris Crouch, Eric Gray, who looks like the next... You know, big thing at running back in Knoxville, and then we mentioned we already talked about the 2019 season, one and six to start or one and four to start, win six straight, you win the Gator Bowl, and it does feel like Tennessee, and you said it, is starting to feel like Tennessee again and stacking it on. And I don't, look, could it be a little bit of a paper tiger? Sure, I mean Butch Jones at 2015 class, West, you know better than anybody, was supposed to be what this class is going to do too. Does it feel a little bit different at all?
1: Uh, a little bit because there, there's just a more kind of genuine quality to to Jeremy Pruitt and, and to this staff. I mean, Butch Jones. I you know I people say that they're just tired of hearing the name, and and, and I get it. But believe me, believe me. I, I, I as someone who covered it for years, I, I'm not complaining over here uh, that, that that time passed. But I mean, there was just kind of a he understood the basic building blocks of how to hype something and, and how to get people fired up. He, he could do that. But it, in terms of kind of keeping things organized once they got there and, you know, he just tried to control the message all the time and that got really cumbersome. It got really annoying. It got really, I don't know, pick your, pick your word there. It just, there were things behind the scenes in that program. I don't know if there were things promised to players uh, about who would play more, so so when they didn't play as much, you know, you had Garantano getting upset during that game against Georgia Tech because he wasn't in the game and, and on television kind of pouting a little bit. Uh, you you see, you just hear things all the time behind the scenes of guys like, I was supposed to come in here and start, yada, yada. You just don't see that with this bunch. You, 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 these guys, the word that I keep hearing from these players every time that, that they are speaking about Jeremy Pruitt is they say, honesty. They say the dude didn't promise me anything that he hadn't been able to keep up his end of the bargain. And I think it's because he's just selling them, you want to come in and compete? I'm not going to give you anything, but you want to come in here and compete? You can look at this depth chart, son. You can see that you can probably come in here and play. I'm not going to promise you that, but look at what I got here. Look look at what's going on. You want to step in here and start? This is a good place to do that. You know, and I think kids understand that. And, you know, when, when they get there, they just seem to, I mean, there were a couple guys that didn't, they didn't mesh really well early on. And a lot of those guys are gone now, but the guys who were still there, those are the guys who bought in and and they believe in the dude now. I mean, it's not a, it's not a fake thing. These kids, uh, they just like this guy. And and it's funny because during his time at Georgia, you just, you heard things like now behind the scenes, he was kind of polarizing and and maybe he was as a younger guy. I don't know. I wasn't there every day, but I know the people who were there now at Tennessee, they enjoy working with the guy. And they think that, you know, he pushes you, but he's trying to get the best out of you. And at the end of the day, he's the first to put his arm around you. So the people here, the kids in this program, they just, they like playing for this dude. The College Football Daily will be right back.
2: NTV's official Challenge
0: Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level – Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The the Tennessee coaching search was a total mess. Ended up with Jeremy Pruitt, and we knew Jeremy Pruitt was going to be a good recruiter. We sort of had some questions about his coaching aptitude. As far as a head coach, but Wes, again, like after five and seven in year one, which is, I mean, it's not great, but that's kind of what happens at a program that's a little bit woebegone in year one. But again, to go eight and five last year, five and three in the SEC, I think Jeremy Pruitt's answered questions about his ability as a head coach. And then, of course, the recruiting starting to fall into place. Last one while I got you, you mentioned Guarantano, and this kind of ties into recruiting because Tennessee probably is going to get a big commitment on Mother's Day from Caden Salter, a four-star quarterback from the state of Texas who's a top 100 player in the top 247 rankings. Tell me, what does the short-term, long-term quarterback situation look like in Knoxville? Because you would think that JG's the guy, but Brian Morrow played well last year. You had Harrison Bailey come in in the 2020 class, and he's a top 100 kid too. So I'm sort of wondering where that factors in as far as could Salter is there opportunity in, in two years for him to be the guy who looks to sort of have a have a grasp on, on the, the QB one position going forward at, at Tennessee?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And to answer the very first part of what you were saying there about Pruitt as a coach, I, I think the practicality of the guy. Every time people ask me, you know, kind of you know describe that guy in a word or describe that situation, I, I say practical. Uh, he, when he's putting his staff together, he understood that his first offensive coordinator wasn't working out great. So what does he do? He goes out and gets Jim Chaney. Who's one of the best in the business and a guy who he gave him fits sometimes when he was in Alabama. So he's a practical guy who can kind of read the field and see what he needs in, in terms of the, of, of the quarterback position. Uh, I'll be honest with you. The longer this quarantine lasts, the the better I feel about Garantano's ability to to keep that starting position. And he might have done that anyway. He was the clubhouse leader going into this season, and he still might be. But when spring practice started, Jeremy Pruitt came out and said, "I got five quarterbacks on this roster under scholarship. I got a six-one in Kasim Hill, who used to be the starter at Maryland, beat Texas twice when he was a starter at Maryland." I've got six guys here. They're all going to get a chance to be the starting quarterback. That's what he said. That's the very first thing he said uh, this spring. So I was like, oh, okay, well, all right. Katie barred the door. This thing's going on. And then the quarantine kept going and going and going. And you thought, well, the longer this lasts, the longer they're probably going to go with the senior. It just seems like it makes sense. And, And we'll see what happens with, you know, can they make up some of those spring practices? Do they get a preseason camp? Does the season happen on time or what's going on there? We don't know. But in terms of this season, I think you have to look at Garantano as the guy who's kind of the clubhouse leader going forward. I'll tell you, I keep hearing a lot of good things about Bailey, and I don't know. He wasn't on campus for a long enough time necessarily to really kind of, ooh, wow, everybody. He got two spring practices, not not three, two. So and zero in pads because they were they hadn't even got through the acclimation period yet. But th- he's already the biggest quarterback they've got. I mean, this kid's much bigger than I thought he was. I'll just be honest; he is bigger than I thought he would be, uh, and, and he throws a nice ball. He, he's a better athlete than I thought he was. He's one to look at going forward because Mauer's exciting, um, but you know, Mauer's one of those guys who, as Philip Fulmer says, a- a- after he's done touching the ball somebody's band is going to be playing. You just don't know whether it's going to be Tennessee's or the opponent's band because he's going to do, Oh wow. Or Oh God, you know, it's (laughs) just, there's no, there's no in between with him. If he can iron that out. Well, he's got a lot of ability. Uh, He can throw the ball. Great. He's a really good athlete. The guys love him. He's kind of a hype guy. You know, the kids just kind of get fired up when he's out there. Um, But, and you would think he would mature over time, but right now I got to think if you're putting a gun to my head, I'm thinking Garantano starts this season unless he loses it. He's probably the guy to beat. And then going forward, I mean, I would think they would open it up again after that. And then you're talking a Bailey Maurer battle, which could be kind of fun.
0: Exciting times in Knoxville West. It feels like brick by brick things are really falling into place. And I kind of, I had to give you that though, because you mentioned Kasim Hill twice too. I, I know. Well, I, I, he did beat Texas twice. I totally forgot. He was a Vol. So, Wes, thanks for joining us, and it's going to be interesting to see how this class finishes, uh, not just not just this summer and this fall, but in signing day too. So uh, have a good one, Wes.
1: Hey, no problem. Anytime, guys.
0: All right. Thanks to Wes Rucker, senior writer for Go Vols 24-7 Sports. You can check his work out at, at West Rucker 247 on Twitter, and then, of course, on our Tennessee website at Go Vols 24-7. He's a great writer, great guy to have on the podcast. Let's talk about some other recruiting – Notables that have happened over the weekend. Four star receiver Quay Davis out of the state of Texas committed to the USC Trojans on Friday. USC is another school that's on quite the tear right now. Clay Helton has shaken off any of his lame duck status concerns. They have the number seven class in the country. Last year's class ranked 54th. They've gotten the taste of that out of their mouth quickly. This is number seven class that has some upward mobility, too. Number one player, Corey Foreman is thought to be leaning toward the Trojans, so we'll keep an eye on how that goes. Texas landed a four-star defensive lineman, Jordan Thomas, who chose the Longhorns over Texas A&M and others. Texas is on a bit of a recruiting hot streak, too, in addition to a three-star tight end. The Longhorns landed earlier in the week. They got a commitment from former Michigan receiver Tarek Black, a graduate transfer, and then then also got a commitment from a four-star cornerback named Joday Barron, who was signed with Baylor but got out of his letter of intent in the last few weeks after that coaching change from Matt Rule to Dave Aranda. Penn State flipped three-star defensive lineman Rodney McGraw from Big Ten Foe, Indiana. And here's one that could have some immediate impact on the 2020 college football scene. Mississippi State grad transfer quarterback Keaton Thompson announced he's going to finish his college career at Virginia, where as a grad transfer, he will compete with Brennan Armstrong for the starting gig Big shoes to fill, replacing Bryce Perkins. Thompson redshirted in 2019. He had been in the portal once or twice at this point. And he was once presumed to be the heir apparent to Nick Fitzgerald and Starkville. That never quite worked out. But Thompson's a guy with a lot of upside. He's got dual threat capabilities and two years of eligibility remaining. And he's 2-0 as a starter. So interesting quarterback battle brewing in Charlottesville. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts for Wes Rucker, for our producer Connie Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. We will see you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.